Good morning. It is me. Again. Surprise, surprise. It is that voice in your ear. That dude walking around in the night. The stream of random podcast. Actually, I'm just fixing to leave. I haven't even left. It's 4.45, 5 o'clock, and it is raining again, drizzling, light rain. It's not windy, it's not too cold. I'm not going to need gloves. I don't even have any gloves. But yes, I am... A little bit uh, energized this morning, and um, I just did my last episode on fear, and the fear of losing your iPhone and suffering a downturn, and now... Glenn Greenwald, who I was just listening to on Alex Jones, has uh, quit The Intercept because he said that the company that he founded was taken over by people trying to censor him because he was writing something critical of Biden, which is increasingly the story. And This is the censorship of the left, starting with hate speech, censorship of fascism, and then in the end, anyone who is farther right than Chairman Mao is a Nazi. For the good of the collective, of course. So, it's going to be interesting. And in that respect, I do hope, I do hope, no, I'm going to take a side and say I'm on the side of freedom of speech. So I am now really a little bit angry with this whole Biden thing. Um, I don't wish him well. if uh, his only weapon is censorship. Because I'll be next. And I've also suffered that censorship. The tyranny of the algo algorithm. The tyranny of the algo episode you can listen to. And uh, we've gone on about this. We've gone on about this on this show. And really this show has been 
bit of a loner. Um, I guess I'm a little bit of a loner. I do like to be alone sometimes, especially in the morning, to have my little walk, my little chat. I've gotten into my routine, and I really enjoy it. <clears throat> I even went for a second walk last night. It wasn't raining. So, I have now explored some of these alternative tube options. And, um, LR... BY library. Um, I think it's library.video. <coughs> io. I have now a channel there, and it's a Bitcoin based one. I don't know exactly how it works, but it looks like I was gifted some coins to start with in exchange for my identity. And now I've um, uploaded the last two videos of me drawing to there. And I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue with that. And I also was on some, uh, I think, BitChute and some other video sites. So I'm going to explore all these alternative video hosting sites. And we're going to start publishing our podcast there to them alongside of archive.org, Telegram. So we've got now more alternative outlets for um, our content distribution. And we talked about some scripts to do that yesterday. We talked about serverless, or it doesn't matter where they run. But identity is always an issue, because when it runs somewhere, it's going to have to run as you, and that could be hijacked. So it doesn't matter where they run. They have to run in a secure location. Operational security, OPSEC, is important. Tim Poole was talking about OPSEC, where he let TSA, he let his backpack out of his hand, and some USB drive was stolen from him. But you know, if you don't drive, and you don't fly, you'll be subject to a lot less. search and if you never leave your house you'll be quite happy so uh, dad I hope you're listening I had an idea about the chickens and uh, you've been collecting all these leaves <clears throat> you got bags and bags of leaves so I thought we could and also I see lots of cardboard around the town so we could get some cardboard and lay that on top of the chicken pen, which is leaking. And 
we could stack bags and bags of leaves on top of it. And then on one side of it, we could also stack the leaves up, the bags of leaves. Like half of the cage could be covered in leaves or bags of leaves. And then the chickens would have an insulated area on one side of their cage that would be windproof. And basically they wouldn't get dripped on. They would probably be happier. And it'd be cozy for them. So I thought that was a good idea since you got a free material. And it also generate heat when decomposing. Now, even better would be if you were to um, take them out of the bags and make an outer shell of leaves as an installation. But um, I think in the bags is fine. If you had paper bags, it'd probably be better. Well, anyway, that's an idea. Um, and uh, I think it's important for if you have chickens, that you make a chicken paradise for them and make them happy because they are a joy to see happy chickens and healthy chickens. And that's why, one of the reasons why I like to raise them for eggs, because happy chickens make yummy eggs. And I think if you make them happy and healthy, it will make you happy and healthy. And it's a symbiotic relationship. Garbage in, garbage out. If you have horrible, horribly kept chickens, how can you expect the eggs to be healthy and nutritious? I was told that the eggs you buy in the store are up to seven months old. Boy, my hands are getting cold. I need some gloves. But my coffee is good. This is not going to be a long, long walk today. I was looking at my feet this evening, last evening, yesterday, and I noticed how they have really gotten strong. And I actually have an arch in my foot again, which I haven't seen in a long time. I guess they never got so much work before. I haven't gotten so much work in a, for, in a long time. I never walked this much. As I said, my step counter counted a million steps in two months of August, September. October might be going down a little bit. The weather hasn't been that great. My walks have been shorter. It's hard to do a three-hour walk in the rain. It really is. But I think also for weight loss, it is good. Yeah, talking about myself here, guys. Well... I am quite um, I am quite uh, quite angry today 
And it really does take a lot to get me angry. I mean a lot. But I'm angry with myself. Draco says you need to be, to have discipline with yourself, not with other people. And I thought that was a very wise, wise thing to say. Um, when we get into these walks and talks, I go so deep into things, and they seem so clear to me, and then when I step back from them, it's harder and harder to understand them, or even reiterate them. It's quite interesting. These flights of fancy that we go on together... These episodes of the Stream of Random are quite special to me, and maybe not to anyone else. Maybe to you, dear listener, who appreciates me. Thank you very much for listening. And I appreciate you listening. And it's a special connection we all have sitting around the campfire listening to the crackling logs. When was the last time you sat around the campfire and told stories? Is it just something that happens in movies? Is it not an ur instinct? An original technology, the campfire? Well, for 4th of July, we were upstate New York, and they had the most humongous bonfire at the camp for the 4th of July. It was humongous. This guy was the king of wood. He had his own sawmill, and he had so much wood he could burn as much as he wanted. And he just threw huge strips of wood, leftovers from the sawmill, the outer layers that he stripped off, the semi-rounds. And they got burned. And boy, was it huge. Now my son was running around like crazy, and he had a blast, and he's really enjoying soccer, as opposed to jiu-jitsu, because soccer doesn't seem to be suffering from COVID as much, and he can run around and have fun, and that was the one part of jiu-jitsu he liked the most, was the running around and they were playing dodgeball, and the rest of it he thought was kind of boring, and now with the... Um, safety precautions, it's even more boring. Like, oh yeah, we're going to do online jiu-jitsu for five-year-olds. It's like, yeah, right. Like, how disciplined do you have to be? And your parents better be doing it, because I can't understand it. I don't know if it's a half-mount or a full-mount, side control, or hip control, or whatever the hell it is. Seems very technical. It's like writing a book, and I'm sure that there's all types of technique and knowledge in there that I don't understand. But if I can't understand it, how can my son understand it? All this theory. Yeah. Well, this is me. I'm here.
you're listening to me talk about me. Like, who wants to hear about that? I tuned in for something. Spacey, where's my um, messages? Telepathic messages from aliens. Have we talked about that? Timothy Leary was in jail. And he held these sessions where he thought he was in telepathic contact with space aliens. I mean, just the idea of faster than light communication and the idea of <clears throat> of that happening. When we did talk about quantum entanglement, and I had a new idea yesterday I want to share with you, my listeners. Crazy idea of the week, let's hear it. Well, imagine if our souls resided in the center of the planet of the of the sun, and that by getting energy from the sun through plants and energy from the sun through animals, all of that energy, the photosynthesis process, produces energy by bending, incredibly bending these atoms together, creating these bonds that are very powerful. These bends can only be done under extreme amounts of energy, and that's from the sun. And then when they become unbent, they release energy. So you break their bonds, and they pop back into place, releasing some energy. That's what I understood at the basis of all of our As the basis for all of our um, source of energy. So now, so now, um, this energy from the sun is connected somehow to the sun through these waves. It comes as photons. And is it not possible that these photons are connected to the plant, the stars where they come from? And that they somehow resonate they somehow resonate with those stars in an entangled way that's faster than the speed of light for some through some cosmic jiggling let's call it quantum entanglement we, t- we said it before so this is the science fiction now this is the theory this is the romanticism here because I guess I am, in a rom- I am a romantic and I'm just looking for some idea to prove that we're not automatons this is the revolt against the automatons to prove that we're not computers and we won't be taken over by computers that there is something besides the tick tock the click clock of of the clock that we're not just gears in the in the watch, that we're more than that.
So what if this sunlight is when we burn it to create our consciousness that we then reconnect with the source of that energy the star it came from and that somehow there's a magic spark where our mind and the center of the sun resonates. Now, if we have light from a star that has long since exploded, then it would resonate, would it not, with that time, millions of years ago, if it's light that's a billion years old? with that energy that you get be connected with a billion year old sun that might have exploded since it may have turned into a black hole but suns never really go away they may be dormant maybe the center of the galaxy maybe a wormhole to another dimension who knows could be space dust that has then traveled to another location. I'm just thinking here. This is all based on a vision I had at one point. A reoccurring version. And when I was a kid, I, met, I talked about this. When I was a kid, I lied in bed when I was sick. And I felt the enormous gravity of the planet and the gravity of the sun just unbearably pressing down on me and I ran out of the house to escape it and I could not escape it maybe it was just air pressure maybe it was just me having a fever dream <clears throat> I don't claim that any of this is true it's just a story that I'm telling you we're sitting around the campfire shooting the shit shooting the bull talking out the sides of our mouths and I'm just sharing this with you as I walk through the cold and rainy night so I picked up some of these books that I had gotten as I went to thrift stores and I had I found an anthology of world literature and I have a date for the Old Testament it is 8,800 years before Christ and 200 years before Christ, the Old Testament was written. And in the introduction to it, it has the Old Testament, it has the New Testament, it has all the Roman and Greek books of importance, and it goes all the way up to modern modernity and a study of literature. And I'm going to study this as the storyboard in which we are seated in the West. I think it's time to go back and read some of the ancient texts <clears throat> and look at them again in a new light and maybe gain some knowledge. And the guy said, went on to say 
that the Jewish people were conquered, a conquered race, the Israelites, a conquered race that were not significant in any way, militarily, culturally, technologically. The only thing that they had was their concept of God, their story of creation, which is outstanding, and um, it really forms the basis for Christianity and Islam, the three major religions of monotheism, the idea of a singular God. And as you know, Jesus was a Jew and Muhammad was a Christian. And they all went through mutations of the religion. I guess there are different power structures as well. According to meme theory, my theory, fight for resources in a new system can produce a whole new set of memes. And these are opposing systems. But they have a different power structure. Lots of them. Lots of churches and things fighting against each other. When we lived in Kansas, <clears throat> I think we were there for three or four years, the first thing people would ask you was, what church you were belong to? And the second thing they'd say to you is, join our church. And Topeka, Kansas had like one church for every eight people. And they were desperate to get you to come to their church. It was the most amazing thing you ever saw. And when I went to Barnes & Nobles, the religious section was so humongous and the computer section was so very, very small. But I think we're going to read through some of these older texts and study them. Maybe I can improve myself through study of literature, improve my storytelling ability, and also improve my stories think about things and learn from the, from the greats. So, we're going to try harder to make this a better podcast. We're going to be tough on your editor, your speaker, your host, Mike. We're going to be tough on him. Me, I'm going to be tough on myself now. Tougher. To be more honest, more hardcore and uh, produce better content. So yeah. That's right. Today is Friday, and tomorrow we'll start the weekend where I'm going to be working on the bunker. And I hope to get into a routine so that I can continue next week after work 
because I haven't been working on it. I couldn't bring myself to go to the bunker in the cold, rainy nights. And it's funny because I can bring myself to walk through the rain and do my podcast. But to actually go and clean up and do things in the cold, I haven't done that yet. I have to pull myself together now that I'm acclimatized to this new environment and start working on it. And who knows, maybe when I have an idea, I'll just pick up the the mic and record a segment. segment and tack it on. Yeah, and now I'm thinking the deathly sound of thought in a podcast. <laughs> I'm going to have to catch myself. The worst thing that could happen on your podcast is if you stop and think. Ain't nobody want to hear you think. And if I have to edit that out, that's even more work. So we're going to have to be diligent, catch ourselves. We must be looking at the clock and saying, Oh my God, what are we, 20, 30 minutes into this thing? What has he actually said? What the hell is he talking about? He's just rambling on. Is this what I came to hear? Where is the story about the current political climate? Well, I was just listening to the Free Talk Live. They said they're not journalists, they're giving opinions. They said um, Substack is a place for journalists to write. So Greenwald has left The Intercept and now he's working on some platform that has private and public pages and you get to watch the private pages if you pay. So that's interesting. Now library.io says that I can earn coins I guess through people watching. So that's also good. I guess it's kind of like Steemit. A blockchain based distribution system and um, I also looked at TikTok but the maximum time is 60 seconds so I was thinking what could I pack into 60 seconds or 15 seconds and I was thinking I could either do a time lapse or I could do a super short summary of key ideas in an episode for the um, like clips, intro clips, teasers. And maybe I could go back and go in and look at my different episodes and find 60 seconds that are worth clipping. And then put them onto things like TikTok and Instagram and stuff to promote the uh, 
to promote the page. The idea is intriguing that you could actually get someone's attention for such a short period. Joe Rogan said that he just refused to edit his podcast. Good morning. She had an umbrella. What a concept. I guess I could just use an umbrella, huh? Joe Rogan said that he refused to edit his podcast. That ain't nobody has time to listen to it. And that he never really cared about stats. He never worried about people listening to him. It just grew and grew and grew. So that's interesting. And he said that that's part of the trust that he has with his people his listeners, that is authentic, or Greenwald was saying that. So that's interesting. Well, I'm definitely going to be authentic to you, tell you, tell it to you like it is, at least from my stupid perspective. And I guess now that we've gotten through half of this episode of me ranting and being upset, I'm feeling a little calmer now. Maybe we can get back to the normally scheduled program. Of extreme fantasy. Wishful thinking. (laughs) Critique less. Thoughtscapes. How do you... Criticize your own thought. How do you think critically? Well, first of all, if we think too long on a podcast, we are going to really create long pauses. And that is the death of the podcast. Because nobody wants to listen to you think for long periods. And even if we fill it in with filler words and be like, filler, filler, filler. And you see that in, that very uh, professional people will fill in such a way but it doesn't sound like they're filling. But uh, there's a certain timing mechanism to the brain. And uh, now we're going to get into the idea of the pipeline in computing architecture. So, time code here. So, the idea of of the pipeline is that you would coordinate your efforts so that you get a stream of data flowing to the processor and avoiding stalls. 
A stall is where the processor is waiting for input, but doesn't have it. So pipelining is setting everything up just right, so by the time the data is consumed, the processor is there on top of it, and it produces something else where the data then goes to the next stage where there's no stalls, there's no buffering. So basically, and it doesn't have to be an endless loop, but it's basically, it's an efficient an efficient um, an efficient uh, method of processing where you don't build up buffers it's not like oh build up this huge warehouse of data and then go over there and then consume that warehouse it's kind of like a just-in-time processing where um, was it the Kanban you have little cards and when you're in danger of using up all of the um, things that you need you send a ticket and then someone comes and replenishes your supply we have little trays that flow through the system I learned about this when I learned about the Itanium processor, which had an, a, um, an explicit prefetch operation. Now that has been integrated into the chipsets. Now, or instead of the compiler doing it, the chip tries to prefetch it. So you have speculative execution, where you have a branch, you have an if statement, and it calculates the probability of that if occurring. And then based upon that probability, it will fetch the instructions, because the instructions also have to be fetched. Um, it'll fetch the instructions ahead of time so that they're there. When the jump takes place, it can jump to that in memory, and you know where it's going already loaded into memory. The same thing for data. It's going to fetch data from memory. Code is also just data. And it looks like it's freaking snowing here, guys. I'm not sure, but these are some huge, huge droplets that look like snow. But code and data are both fetched. And um, if you have really expansive code, then you'll have pages and pages and pages of it. You have lots of different functions, copy and paste, and that's going to produce tons of different code pages. And those code pages have to be loaded into memory. And you've got so many lines of cache, and so much memory in your cache of the processor. <clears throat> so ideally, you reduce your code size 
so that it'll and the data size so it'll all fit in the cache and it'll execute optimally. And this is about the whole idea of pipelining. And also something that I think can be visualized. And there's different statistics on cache thrash. There's different hardware counters depending on your processor. Cache miss rate installs. You can look in your process in Linux and you can look for IO wait. How many times are you waiting for pages uh, for disk? Uh, there's a SARS tool. Yeah, we should really do a whole episode on performance metrics. Someone asked me today, yesterday, they're like, oh, do you know anyone who is a good tech podcaster? And I said, is that your way of telling me that I'm not a good tech podcaster? And they're like, oh, well, you have to be in a studio, you can't be walking. It's like, dude, okay, how often do you want me to do this? What type of time commitment are we looking at here? Because the time that I give to this podcast is the time that I walk. It's a coexistence. It's the symbiotic sharing of something that could have been meaningless. It could have been a quiet walk on my own, a contemplation. And I'm inviting you, the listener, in on my thoughts as I get up in the morning, I drink my coffee, and I do my morning exercise. And you may say, what's the value in that? I don't know what the value of that is. But it's definitely more valuable than just me walking alone. We can use this technology, and you can join me on my walk. And we can make this walk more valuable. And people are actually listening to it. I can't believe it, but they are. And I hope that other people will be motivated to go on walks. Joe Rogan said that there's a hundred... There's a million podcasts, which is one in every 30 people or something. I don't know where he gets that number and how many are active. But if everyone were to go for a walk in the morning and be podcasting, then we would be producing so much content, at least an hour a day, two hours. And then you could listen to other people's podcasts during the day and find out how they're thinking. Maybe they could even join each other up while walking and they could have a linked walk as they're on the same time zone. You could have bands of people. I could go for a walk with someone in Florida. Someone in Albania could go for a walk with someone in Sweden and they could join each other's walks in the morning. Some people are early morning, some people are late morning. Imagine that, a whole walk cast network. It could be a thing, it could be a trend. Isn't that hilarious? But you could also split it up. You could um, always listen to the person who walked yesterday. 
and you think you have a hard time uh, listening, catching up with all the podcasts you want to listen to now, just imagine if it was ten times more. And it's really going to start getting into what topics are you interested in. And making it easier to listen and comment on things. That's where I think we need an app. We need an app for that. The voice-controlled podcast listening, editing, annotating app. Well... I think I'm going to start listening, continue listening to the Free Talk Live episode, put this on pause, and um, maybe I'll come back and record another segment. I think I'm going to do another diagram today at least, so if you haven't um, checked out my videos, I posted them in the Telegram group, which hosts videos. I put them on archive.org, and um, I put the links in the show notes, and I've tweeted about it. If you're not on Twitter, check me out. I think it's... You'll find all the links you need. You go to stre slash... No. Anchor.fm slash stre. The Stream of Random Podcast. It has links to my Twitter. I'm also on podcastindex.social or something like that. And, um, yeah, I'm going to do some more videos like those art performance artwork... Adam Curry actually wrote yesterday on the podcast index. I posted some of my diagrams. And he said, looks fantastic. What is it? I said, it's performance art. I sent him a link to a video. So I guess I need to use bolder colors that show up better. I think I'm going to uh, use just markers. Like red and black, big, fat markers. And I guess we could also start... Uh, creating the content with a screen share, but I don't have a computer with me. This is mobile phone. I'll get my work computer, but I can't use that for my podcast. That would be conflict of interest. So my computing platform is my phone. My phone is almost full of data. I'm going to go and get myself a bigger gigabyte chip for this phone because I'm running out of data. Data. But um, I, I do enjoy those little diagram sessions. It's like what I've been doing my whole life. Um, interactive doodling and telling a story to myself. And I showed you how I broke up the words into parts and built sentences out of them and how they could have multiple paths through. That's kind of how I think visually. And that's my modeling technique, sentence generation technique. So I guess we could formalize it like this. A set of words. A set of connections between the words. 
but also breaking down the words into components, factors, factoring the words into parts, common parts between multiple words. So you have word, you have words, plural, you have struct, you have instruction, add the in, destruct, you have instruct, add the en, at the end you've got instruction, you know, so those are three different parts, and then those three parts, in, instruction, well, the in is a common suffix, you know, we haven't even gotten into that, execution, instruction, different endings, and this kind of gets into what we've talked about yesterday, learning Albanian, where they add endings to everything, they love their endings. And the endings change the context of the words, how they're used. Slight different variations in their meaning. I guess it's kind of like Greek. And maybe I need to study um, the grammar of Greek because I've been so stuck in the Latin grammar, which the German is very much like. But if I think if I study the grammar of ancient Greek um, with all the different endings, that maybe that would be the key to Albanian with all the different endings, the different forms of the words, the morphisms. Maybe that would be the key for me to learn it, because ancient Greek or Greek has been overstudied and overdocumented, overindexed in such a way, overfitted, that um, there's a ton of good literature on how to learn it. You should look for the uh, comparison in the languages. But yeah, making words in the diagram. That's one of the common techniques that I use in splitting them up and looking at different parts. And just building sentences on the page. That's uh, my technique, really. Um, I, I guess I should try and create a program to visualize that. Because that's kind of what I do all the time. That could be part of my form, my notation. And if we had a word cloud, and we had all these words connected with each other, and then we split them up into little components, and we could look for big structures, reoccurring common structures in the words that might give an intuitive meaning, a visual meaning to things. And I love that type of uh, thought. I love these layout, graph layout algorithms. I love Donald Knuth, his trees and his diagram tools. I remember when I was a kid, I went to my math teacher, I said, 
how do I lay out these trees? What's the algorithm for, um, this was in late high school, college, beginning of college, went to my math teacher. I said, what's the algorithm for laying out these trees? How do they do that? How do you do the graph layout? And I always found it very fascinating. And I still do. Because the graph layout contains meaning. And the choice of the layout is aesthetically pleasing. It pleases the senses. And we can comprehend something visually immediately. So, I guess we can even rework some of these diagrams. And maybe I should take a uh, episode and listen to it and transcribe it using my notation and then make a video of that transcription and then publish and then publish the, um, the words the resulting diagrams from that. <clears throat> That might be an interesting post-production process. We'll see. We'll see what we do. But it's got to be fun, because I don't want to spend more time sitting in front of the computer. I do that all day for work, and I don't want to spend more time on it, really. All right. Well then, I think we are going to wrap this up for now and we'll continue on the video side when I get back to the house. So thanks for listening to this part of the walk and I will talk to you soon.